Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. This week we are talking about season two, episode number 18, Sweet and Sour Charity. <laughs> this is a joke because sweet and sour chicken. You know, it's funny because some of the jokes are more subtle than others, and this one's just really on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I would totally eat some sweet and sour chicken right now. Let's get Chinese food this week. <laughs> okay, we'll get Chinese food this week. Maybe even before you hear this podcast. Ooh, time is a circle. What? Time is meaningless. Timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, read the totally not temporal description of this episode. <laughs> All right. Grace preaches the virtues of going to charity and brings Will along to volunteer with her at a community center. Oh, there's a cute little picture here of Will with the vegetables from Stone Soup. Aww. Aww. I was not expecting there to be cute little children in this episode. Yeah, Matthew literally, as the children appeared, was like, You didn't warn me! My notes literally say, uh, I was not warned there would be children! Exclamation <laughs> point. I am not positive I have seen this episode in a very long time. Okay. I don't think it's one of the ones that gets syndicated that often. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, it was kind of like a fun like surprise because I didn't remember most of it. This episode, as we mentioned, features little cute children being in a production of Stone Soup, where they basically just play vegetables. And they're so while, cute. While Will and Grace read the story of Stone Soup. Yeah, which I've never heard before because I don't really do children's theater. Mm. So that's a it's a place book first though. Is it's it? like by the, I think it's by the same person who did Stregonona. Cool. You, yeah, I don't know what that is either. Tess was not actually a child. <laughs> I wasn't. I was born on I her was, fifth birthday. She turned ten. <laughs> On my fifth birthday, I turned 30. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I came out of the womb, like, smoking a cigarette, like, oh with a God. cup of coffee in my hand. Be like, someone get me an espresso! No, if I remember right, this this choice of Stone Soup is particularly meta because it's all about a community coming together and helping and contributing in their own special small way. And someone puts in a carrot, and someone puts in a radish, and someone gives up their tickets to Joni Mitchell to come narrate a <laughs> children's concert. <laughs> You know, okay, this is my experience with Stone Soup, which is I don't have any, but it reminded me of this song that we used to sing when I was at Girl Scout camp as a wee child, which is really fun because I always went to daddy-daughter camp, so right. it was like small little girls and their 40-plus old men fathers with right. like beer guts and beards mm-hmm. being like, because we used to sing this song called Purple Stew, and it was all about being abducted by crazy like troll things, and they would put you in a stew with purple potatoes and purple tomatoes, and you are purple stew. There was a dance. Wow. Yeah, cannibalism. That's something else. Cannibalism. (laughs) It's Uh, what's for dinner. But it all happens because uh, Will and Grace win tickets to Johnny Mitchell. Right. So, like, as Will is, like, calling a radio station, which, does that still happen? Yeah, no, I totally... You don't know this because you only listen to NPR now. But whenever I drive it on the radio, there's always call-in shows in the morning and okay. like in, during the day and stuff like that. Like, yes, I genuinely have not listened to like proper, not like God, indie radio in like a year. You're and a half. so embarrassing to be around sometimes. <laughs> he literally the other day, like this song that apparently everyone knows came on, and I'm like, "Who is this by?" And they're like, "Rihanna, you troll." <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. It was like Rihanna's most popular song in the last like year and a half, Sorry. not like an obscure one. Sorry. Um, I know Starboy. I've heard that. Oh, my God. I'm a motherfucking Starboy. <laughs> I know that song. You only like that because there's cursing in it. Stop saying cursing. It makes you sound like an old woman. <laughs> um, but in the process of getting the tickets, for some reason, Grace like puts her hands up in the sky and is like, God, if you right. give us these tickets, I will dedicate my life to you. She's or like, like more of it than I do now. I will make it worth your time. Which sounds like <laughs> sexual. It does sound a little or sexual. Or drugs. Like. Yes. 
There's a lot of sexual innuendo related to God in this episode. I have a follow-up question. So we know Grace is Jewish. Yes. So I'm confused by her choice to go with what appears to be a Catholic community center. Well, I mean, that's fair. I think that was literally just from a perspective of the writers wanted it to be funny, so they had to have it be nuns. I guess. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, if Grace was picking it, it seems more likely that she Like, it's not 2016. They're not going to, like, put a female rabbi up there. Oh, female rabbis are so fucking cool. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, no! I'm taking this religion class, and we literally spent like five minutes last week talking about. See, this is why we can't move to New York because, like, three days after being there, you would already be corrupting a female rabbi. I would convert for her. You'd have to. She'd be a female rabbi. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, reform doesn't have any problems with the gays. So, ergo, I will convert and corrupt a rabbi. You're totally not fixating on the most problematic part of this, which is that you are going to seduce a female rabbi within three days of moving to New York. That's fine. We can get married. So, for some reason, this episode, (laughs) in addition to Will and Grace feeling like they need to give something back to the community... They rope uh, Jack and Karen in on it. Right. Because, so, yeah. So we have... Because Jack is there. Because Jack is witnessing this thing where Grace, like, makes a bargain with God or whatever. Right. And so then he, like, feels guilty. So or he something. seems like he was raised Catholic. Right. And... For sure. Then goes over to Karen's house and, and like, convinces her to donate to charity, even though it seems like he has not actually given anything no, to charity. No, because he, he's like... He talks about how, like, he doesn't want to be homeless or whatever, but, like, he is homeless. Like, right? He genuinely lives in Karen's genuinely house. Genuinely homeless. But it's it's a good visual gag because then the op- episode opens up on Karen's dark closet, which is, like, literally our apartment size. Matthew literally gasped. Like so great. He, like, clutched his pearls. He's not that type of gay, but he was in that moment. At one moment, like, Jack opens up the shoe closet and, like, actually full-on genuflex. Yes, he does. Which, for those of you who don't know what genuflecting is, Matthew, please explain. Genuflecting is when you see something so awe-inspiring that you have to go down on one knee, mm-hmm. and it's not a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. It's more of a church thing. It's more of a church thing. Oh, I have a question for you. So both of us were raised Catholic. Your parents genuflect, do they not? I when they guess enter so. The pe- My parents don't. I don't know. I was oh, like... I don't know if they do anymore. You're right. I forgot that you do when you... Like, when you go up on the altar, you're supposed to, like... Kneel or bow your head or yeah, something. Yeah, fuck that. No, I'm, I, I'm wearing... But it's skirt. 21st century now, so I feel like everyone just kind of just, like tilts their body forward a little bit. Like, they're just kind of, like, oh bending at the hip. You know that thing where you have to, like, make tiny crosses with your thumb on yeah. your body? I did not know how to do that until I dated you in high school. Oh, I thought that was so cool when I found out that adults did that. Like, I never paid attention to that. Oh, yeah, no. And then like, I remember being, like, nine or ten of my parents being like, oh, you should start doing that now. And I was like, yes, I would love to do this secret culty thing. I'm not going to lie. I used to totally fake it until I figured out what the fuck was just going on. Just kind of just like... And I was just like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm just, like, rubbing my thumb on various body parts being like, is this it? Am I you doing just this? literally make a tiny sign of the cross. I was just, like, doing, like, a tiny hand drive on my face. Well, because it's supposed to be, like, your brain and your words and your heart. And it's very telling that one of the things they tell you to keep sacred is your mouth because that's just how Catholic Christians work. Don't make tongue gestures at me. We're on a podcast. No one can see this. Stop. <laughs> hissy, hissy, little snakey slither on the floor. That was a Harry Potter joke, and I'm so sorry. I am also sorry. <laughs> okay, so anyways... Will and Grace, which is what this podcast is about. <laughs> I mean, there's not really... I mean, we were talking about this a little bit off mic. There's not really much here right. other than the fact that they're terrible people. Like, there's right. not a ton to talk about. Like, Will and Grace get roped into doing the narration for the children's show. Right. But then it conflicts with their Joni Mitchell concert. Right, which was the whole point they were doing it anyways. Right. Which to, like, pay back the universe right. or something. And then Karen lets Jack 
puts some of her clothes in a bag to give to Charity. And then but he, then he takes her favorite heels. Which are a pair of Chanel slingbacks. And, they and then they have to get them. Right. That is a fun punchline, at least. Yeah. Or not punchline, I guess. Whereas, like, the Will and Grace plotline is more comedy. Karen, like, actually, like, reveals herself to have a soul. Oh, I know. And gives the crazy lady from the Gay Kiss episode $500. Yes, so we have a, a return of the crazy lady, whose name I don't remember, because I remember I called her Debbie in the episode, and someone corrected me to say that wasn't her name, but I don't know what her name is, so I'm just going to call her Debbie. Okay. So this is Debbie, who was in the NBC offices right. wanting to get Johnny Carson back. So she returns as a homeless woman mm-hmm. who... Like, finds one of Karen's shoes, and uh-huh. then Karen finds the other shoe, and they, like, look at each other, and they look like they're going to have, like, a straight-up, like, bridezilla, like, freak out over the shoes. And so Karen's like, how much do you want? Right. And she's like, five. And so she's, like, thinking that this woman wants $500 for these, objectively, probably more than $500 shoes. Right. But then she, like, hears the lady mumbling to herself, being like, five whole dollars. It's my lucky day. So then uh-huh. Karen gives her a five, <laughs> and then, like, has, like... A crisis moment, and then like tur- oh, goes, "Hey, crazy!" And like the lady turns back, and then she <laughs> proceeds to give for like five hundred more dollars. You know, objectively, other than the fact that Will and Grace made those children's day, Karen is the one who does the best charity in this yes. episode. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So, first of all, I found it very strange that they kept calling it charity throughout the episode, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe more of like a timely, like cultural shift. I think so too. I have a kind of a like a vague memory of that being like the term you use for any like donation of your time right like i i mean like I, doing you did charity or something right exactly whereas like um like saint of, vincent de paul was like a charity right thing and like you still sometimes hear like oh i gave to charity or whatever right. but most of the time you hear more like oh i donated to a non-profit or i volunteered I think some of that for a too non-profit. is a religious thing because yeah. like, i think we're really like undervaluing how many how much more religious things were in that's even 10 totally, years ago? That's totally possible. It may just be that now there's more of like a secular, like, cultural shift to giving. Right. Versus well, and like, for us both, we would have grown up in a more religious milieu. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but... Like, I don't think there even were any places you could donate or, like, donate as a nonprofit, like, volunteer in our community when we grew up that mm-hmm. weren't religious. Yeah, I mean, we had like, we would have had to drive outside of, like, the little town where we grew up right. to, like, even give to, like, Planned Parenthood or something. Right. I don't even know where the nearest Planned Parenthood to us would be. Is it's, it Burlington? It's in Kenosha. Oh, great. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, I found that so strange. When I was in college, I worked as a volunteer coordinator for like mm-hmm. a student organization that was a nonprofit. And then after college, I um, worked at a rape crisis center for a while as a volunteer. And I've right. done just a butt ton of volunteer work, but I never thought of it as like, oh, I'm doing charity work. Like, yeah. It was more just like, yeah, I'm volunteering because this is a cause I care about. And if I do it enough, I will feel good and the community will benefit and la la la. And I think, by and large, it's mostly a semantic change. But yeah. it's, it's very generational. Like, yeah. you, you, whenever you read badly written stories about millennials, like you, they always talk about, like, millennials are all about volunteering. Yeah. You know? Which I don't think is a bad thing, frankly. No. I feel like it's genuinely not a bad thing that more people are interested in volunteering their time. Right. That being said, I want to talk about the fact that Grace is the sort of person who is like, no, don't give the charity your money, Will. We have to spend our time here. Right. That was nuts to me. Because otherwise it's not a... Well, and there is like a little bit of a debate about that even still. Like, you know, like the debate over like just giving a bunch of money to make yourself feel better to a charity. 
But also then sometimes charities like legitimately want money. Right, like that's... Like, I've, I've, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've, I've heard that sometimes food pantries are like, we don't actually need any more food right now, but mm-hmm. if you give us some money so we can go to buy food. Right, I've actually heard a couple of stories recently on the news just about local food pantries, but that mm-hmm. is the case. So they're like, we are like full to the brim with like non-perishable food items, but we need money to buy perishable food items like right. milk and butter and bread. Or like non-perishable food items that aren't like... From the back of people's closets. Right. You know? Like things that aren't old and gross. Right. Like, thanks for your 15 cans of lima beans, but we have to feed these people something they'll actually eat. So, shockingly, like most things in the world, it's not just really cut and dry. Right. Like, there are definitely times where it's better to give your time, and there are times where it's better to give your treasure. Right. As we always say in Catholic... Stuff and I think other people say that too, right? I have no idea. Is that idea. a phrase? I don't even know. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I can't answer this question for you. We're just so mentally warped, basically. Yeah, we're very fucked up and single. Ooh, hello. <laughs> hey, any female rabbis? Oh How's my god, it going? you cannot solicit female rabbis. I'm not soliciting. I'm saying, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, but like, actually, I I found that. At least watching Will, it seemed like he just genuinely didn't want to be there. Like, he just... Right. He didn't have a lot of time for it. Because mm-hmm. he is a lawyer. Like, he's busy. He is busy. And Grace he, has no excuse. She has plenty of time. Right. And also, he wasn't the one who, like, made this deal with God. So, he was like, I don't want to be here. Right. So, in that case, I think if you genuinely just don't have time or energy or just don't want to, but you want to, like, give back in some way, I don't right. think there's anything wrong with giving money. Right. Like, if your options are... To either give money or not to give money. Like, I right. Don't think give money with... or do nothing. I would right. rather see you give money. Right. I guess. Like I, Will does kind of warm up once he sees the kids. Yes. Because Will has a soft spot for kids that he just pretends isn't there. Yes. He's like, oh, no, I'm unfeeling. Oh, look, a carrot. <laughs> like, I think it's, I mean, it's obviously, like, just done for, like, ironic purposes in the episode. But I think it's interesting that Will's the one who sticks it out the whole way. Yeah. Even though he's the one who won the tickets. Right. Well, we also have that beautiful moment, which isn't related at all, when he's talking to that kid, who I'm almost positive was Junie from Spy Kids. He was that little kid with, like, really pretty red curls, and he was dressed as, like, a cauliflower, or, no, it was broccoli. He was was dressed as broccoli. And he's, like, talking to Will, and he's like, are you and Grace married? And he's like, no, we're not. And he's like, ew, girls are gross. I'm never going to get married. And Will's like, right back at you, buddy. And they (laughs) high five. That was amazing, and I loved it. That was so cute. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. But yeah, so ultimately in the end, we have Will planning to stick out the entire situation, even though it conflicts with the Joni Mitchell concert, which was another thing that I found to be a little unrealistic, just because in all of my time volunteering, Mm -hmm. like, they are so cognizant that you are working for them for free. Yeah. And genuinely, they are very, at least in my experience, like, aware of the time commitment you made. So if you say, like, I can be there, but I can only be there until six. I really also thought that was strange. If nothing else, like, even beyond that, like... They were really playing with fire, not assuming that these volunteers working for free wouldn't just go to their prior commitment. Right. I'm not that terrible of a person, but but I I guarantee you I would have gone to that front row seat Joni Mitchell concert. Absolutely, yeah. If I had been, like, if I had a previous commitment and I signed up to volunteer and my volunteer shift was supposed to end at six and they're like, please stay late because we changed the thing on you without telling you, I would be like, I'm really sorry, but I have a prior commitment. Right. Like... You did not tell me this was happening. I cannot stay. Right. But that, I don't know. It just. But it, it encourages me that in the real world, that's not the case. Like, right. Like, at this least, is a sitcom thing. Right. Like, that just doesn't seem like a, a very realistic thing mm-hmm. for me. But that's just because, again, I was a volunteer coordinator and I was always very concerned about time. I work as a house manager who deals with ushers at a theater all the time. And I'm always cognizant of their time commitment. Right. So, like, I would never be like, no, I know the show is 
over now, but you have to stay an hour later because I'm stuck here. Right. Like, well, there's a difference between people, like, not wanting to stay late or actually, like, having a commitment. Right. Like, that's the thing. If someone was like, yeah, I have to be out of here because I'm getting drinks with someone at 10, I'd be like, great, cool. Like, right. Thanks for showing up. I appreciate it. Like, right. Just wait. Like, they're on. volunteers. You can't expect them you to. You are doing this for free. Right. <laughs> like, that's the thing is. Unless, like. Well, but I think that is one of the cultural shifts between charity and volunteering is I think doing charity has, like, a connotation of, like you are doing it because you feel obligated. And so like, so then the onus is on you to continue doing the charity. Yeah. I think that's definitely a cultural shift, but also it, it is a semantic shift. Right. Like volunteering puts the, it, it it's about what you want to give. Whereas charity is about like what you owe the world that or God possible. or something, you know? Yeah. Like it's definitely, and I think overall, I think it's a good shift because mm-hmm. I think volunteering is more, you know, from a more spiritual perspective, it's more spiritually pure than, like, doing charity because you feel obligated to. Right. And also, it just, you know, makes you a better volunteer if mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're obligated to do it. I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't, like, bad volunteers because there oh, are. there are. Because I've worked with them and, like, there are people who, like, show up to a thing and even though they committed to work four hours, they're like, well, I'm sleeping two hours. And it's like, okay, right. no. Right. <laughs> you signed up for four hours. Like, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. I'm just saying in general, from my experience at least, like, people are very aware of the time commitments that people who are working for them for free are Mm -hmm. putting in, and so they try not to overstep those boundaries unless it's, like, an absolute emergency. Right. Well, and, like, even in the setup of the episode, like, there's really no reason Will and Grace had to do what they were doing. You know what I mean? Like... They didn't have anyone to do it before Will and Grace showed up. Right, they could have just... One of the nuns would have just read the story. Right, like, they could have just had that nun come back in. They were... It just sort of seemed a little bit like they were fucking with them because they knew they weren't there for, like, the right reasons or whatever. And it wasn't a very tightly written episode in that regard. It wasn't. It was very strange. Like, there were just moments that I didn't get why... Like, I get Grace leaving, but I don't really understand... If it was necessary to have her have gone to the concert and get kicked out before coming back. I disagree. I think it's hilarious that Grace sang Joni Mitchell songs so loudly that she was asked to leave. By Joni Mitchell. By Joni Mitchell, yes. Okay, I mean, like, it was funny. I just didn't think it was necessary. (laughs) Because it also totally undercuts her coming back to be like, I'm only here because I have nowhere else to be. I'm okay with that, honestly. I'm totally okay with the moral ambiguity of Grace Adler. I just, I want... The writers to stop making her so morally ambiguous because they know she's a good person, but they just, like, think it's funnier if they fuck with her, and I don't love that. I think that's funny because they always, it seems like they always do it in parallel with Karen, is that they make Grace seem like a good person who ultimately reveals herself to be a terrible person. And then Karen is a terrible person who ultimately reveals herself to be a decent-ish person. Right. And then Jack is waiting in the wings to, like... Bang out a little song about how Karen Walker has a heart on a xylophone. Remember, had a tiny little toy xylophone like, Karen has a heart. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Oh, God bless. God bless indeed. <laughs> I don't know when I started doing that where you just like trail off and then you're just like, God bless. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably something I pick up. We could probably track it back through the podcast. And really I could probably track it back through my Tumblr posts, to be totally honest. Very like, true. I pick up a lot of things from the internet. I am, <laughs> I just speak in like 90% memes and oh 10% anger. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's pretty much all we have for this episode. Yeah. So I think that we here at Not A Couple would like to encourage you to consider getting involved in a local nonprofit. Yeah. I think it would feel good for your soul. As long as we're talking about nonprofits, there's many that you could find in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick Google will do it. We're not going to list off all yeah, the places. because we can't promise that we know everywhere. Right. 
I mean, obviously, you know, all the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the United States, at least a lot of the really big progressive ones are getting a lot of donations right now. Mm-hmm. So if you want to contribute that way, that's a great way to do it. It mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a big concentrated push of donations really can make a big impact. Yep. On the other hand, there's a lot of little places that are not getting the name recognition. So if and you... And they need help, too. If you're a real hipster and you don't want to, like, go with the flow, like, <laughs> donate to one of those little charities. Yeah. Or a local charity that does the same thing. Yeah. Like, um, do it. Yeah. It's good for you. Either your time or your treasure. Stop saying treasure. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, don't use the NBC thing. We're going to get sued. <laughs> This yeah, is NBC's... how we get sued. This is how we get sued. Yeah, you're right. NBC's going to sue us for implying that they are a charitable organization that likes donating to people. How could we ever assume that? That Wait, was so unfair of us. Isn't The Apprentice on, a, on NBC? Yes, but now Arnold Schwarzenegger runs it. Yeah, that's so much better. Hey, I mean, any port in a storm, I guess. I guess. This is how we get sued. This is how we get sued. <laughs> All right, Tess. Why don't you sing the little song about where they can find us to sue us? <laughs> I cannot sing a song because I wasn't prepared for that. But I will tell you where you can find us on the interwebs. You can find us on Twitter at NotACoupleShow, on Tumblr at NotACouplePodcast.tumblr.com. You can send us an email at gmail, which is NotACouplePodcast at gmail.com. Our show notes are on Medium, and we post our episodes on Mixcloud. Wonderful. Wunderbar. Well, thanks everybody for uh, donating your time to listen to us today. Yes, thank you. It's for free. Yay! It's community service, basically. <laughs> We're supporting two losers in their living room. Woo! Losers and our cat. In their living room. Okay, you gotta stop singing, man. Room. Or you gotta get some new notes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared. I'm just feeling very musical. <laughs> At least I'm not as bad as Grace, who is just like way. She had a lot of finger action. It was mm. bad. And listen to the music of Joni Mitchell, everyone. She's a delight. She is delightful. I bet you she gives to nonprofit organizations. She probably does. Google Joni Mitchell's nonprofits and just give a big wave to all of them. Yeah. Just be like, hey, girl. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening this week. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Eliza, don't forget to donate. This episode was sponsored by the Female Rabbis of America, a nonprofit that Tessa started so that she can improve her dating pool. Yay!